So uh, I just spent uh, an hour and a half intimately with a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's always a fun experience. Yeah. So I'm, I've got I'm realizing now as we get started that I have little particles of plant matter in my throat. So how are, you hear me how are you... hacking or having a hard time speaking? That's why. How are your hands? They uh... they are trembling. Yeah. <laughs> We did it. I didn't think we needed to go there, but yes, my hands are trembling. <laughs> you know, the 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 ergonomics of a weed whacker, you wouldn't think it, but it matters a ton. Um, I have one that I use because I actually people need to know this, but I I have mowed lawns for people for years, and so I have a couple different machines, and there's one I use, and um, my back is killing by the end. An hour and a half of weed whacking seems torturous to me. Yeah, it is. Do you wear? Do you have a strap that you wear with one? No, I should. I should get a strap. Yeah. My dog's barking in the background. I'm sorry. That's so all right. That's Come home. Yeah. I think people can handle a dog. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, I suffer from carpal tunnel. I don't know if you knew that about me. Uh, I, I that to, sounds familiar. I yeah. used to play uh, drums a little bit. Uh-huh. It's been several years because I can't even hold a drumstick by by two minutes in. My hands all deformed and yeah. <laughs> so I thought I was kind of over it. I I, I was I I used to weed whack a lot <laughs> when I worked on the on the on an avocado grove. It sounds like a confession. And, it, <laughs> and I was in the best shape of my life. <laughs> yeah. And so I I opted for a weedy. We don't have a lawn. It's all weeds, mm-hmm. but you could go over it with a lawnmower and it would look like lawn. Yeah. And so, but I opted for the weed eater because I thought the best shape I've been in in years was when I was <laughs> with the weed eater. And I'm out there now just like, why didn't you just buy a lawnmower, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sometimes I don't uh, make good decisions. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a feat of endurance, man, an hour and a half. You should go run a marathon. I think you'd, you'd think you'd feel better. So, yeah, I'm trembling, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold it together. Good. <laughs> good. What about you? What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts and feelings this week? Uh, well, so um, I kind of texted you a little bit. We have an old neighbor of ours uh, at the the house that I was going to say we grew up in, but I guess it's probably better to say I grew up in because we moved here when you were a little older. But right, but <clears> I was I spent a lot of time there too because I hung out with the older brother and you hung out with the younger brother. Right, right. And so you you were just a little older when we moved to that house, but. Um, but basically, my kind kind of define my childhood, my earliest memories. Um, you know, we we were in California, but I don't remember any of that. And we moved to Utah, and um, we lived at the house till I was about twelve. But anyway, the the neighbors across the street they were they were like this family. Um, they kind of mirrored us in some ways in terms of ages. The their youngest son was was my age, and we were best friends growing up in elementary school. We spent all the time together. And then his older sister was roughly the age of of our sister, and then um, the older brother was the age of our other brother. But you probably spent more time with him. Yeah. Um, you guys were a little more. Um, you were old chums. Yeah, you were a little more <laughs> simpatico, as they say, or however it goes. And uh, anyway, his their their dad uh, died. His name's Bob. You know. Um, and so, yeah. I went to the um, Carrie, our sister, and I. We went to the memorial uh, last week, 
And it was really interesting because, and it, so it's, I mean, it's like a viewing. There was no, I think, I'm pretty sure he was cremated. So there was no casket or anything. It was just, um, uh, just the family there. But what struck me was, um, so it was, it was just me and Carrie, we went and we were in line and it was, I mean, just a million people there. And, um, wasn't thinking too much of it at the time. We just thought we'd go, you know, just pay our respects, say hello, you know, you know, kind of, uh, express our condolences. And, um, what was interesting was the family. I mean, really, um, Matt and I, we, we went to school together, but after we moved, we really didn't spend that much time together. Right. And, um, the other siblings I knew I was over at their house a ton and, but I, didn't spend a ton of time with them. I, you know, and I've seen them here or there around the neighborhood or whatever, but over the years, but realistically, I haven't spent time with anybody in that family for like a reasonable Since amount you of time from high school or, or even before that, perhaps, you know, um, Matt and I got together once after high school just to catch up, um, and saw Bob and talked to him. And that was, that was the last time I talked to Bob. Um, but, but what was interesting is going there, how, both Carrie and I said as we left that we were super glad we went um, because it it seemed like it mattered to them a ton. You know what I mean? Like it was it was really um, it was really emotional, uh, and it was it's just kind of weird to me. Like I've, I've thought about that in different situations where you know our our cousin passed away, and and Nate and I we spent our cousin Nate we spent a lot of time he and I in junior high school, we spent a ton of time together and he had some neighborhood friends, um, who we were really close to. And so when he died, they came, I remember it had that same sense of just appreciation that they were there. And, um, it was just hyper emotional. And I'm trying to figure out what it is about like these old relationships that really, I mean, you don't, you haven't seen, but like when you're in those hyper emotional states, like it, it almost takes you right back. Um, and I mean, have you, have you had situations like that where either you've, you, you know, I know you've had some friends who've passed and either if you've gone to the funeral and felt like you, I don't know if you caught up with their family or, or just, you feel like when they're gone, it kind of triggers this emotion. Have you had that sense at all? Um, I don't know. Like I had a very, very close friend, uh, die of an overdose. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when we went to the funeral, um, I went, went so I have three very close friends from high school still, and mm-hmm. one of them is this guy who overdosed. And so it's it's almost more like when something like that happens from the past. There's this other good friend I have from high school, yeah, that we kind of reconnect, and we yeah. go, and then we'll reconnect and we'll like hang out and talk to each other for about a year. And <laughs> <laughs> like it's been probably two years since I've talked to him, yeah, um, right now. And at any time we can reconnect and just it's like this it's like we don't need to like stay caught up it, it all and you know what it almost seems like when when one of we almost seem to be like going through shit at the same time <laughs> you know yeah I mean? it's yeah. almost like they're like we're, we're both we all it seems like we are going through the same type of things we're both kind of having success at the same time and we're both kind of like spiraling through you know those those down you know yeah. the ups and downs of life it seems like when we do connect with each other it's usually like on the upswing of mm-hmm. of a shitty time, <laughs> we yeah. reconnect and we like tell th- ask what's been going on, and we've both been going through these crazy things, and that's what. Mm-hmm. But then, like we when we're things are going well, 
it's almost like it's like if I don't hear from him, that means it's good. <laughs> <laughs> no news is good news. <laughs> Because that means we're that means when he's successful, I'm successful. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. What do you think it is about um, some of the some relationships where it's like you can just pick up, and it's just um, like like you don't need to stay caught up almost, and and like when you do catch up, it just almost picks up right back where it left off. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I mean, and, and it's also like there's, there are also the ones where there are people that you were really, really, really close with mm-hmm. like in high school. And as when you, when you were younger, that, that suddenly like, they're not anything like, you, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? There's yeah. people that have been close with you for a long time that suddenly you're like, like, I don't know. I had friends that I thought I could hang out with forever. And then when you catch up now, you're like, Oh, oh yeah. You're yeah. like this now. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> And and like and but there are people that are from like way back in the past that you can connect with and it's like nothing no like no years have passed it's weird yeah well that and I, you know now that you mentioned that I actually there are some people who I I've had that as well where we were we were friends in the past but now there's not much of a desire and not much of a commonality to to stay caught up on and when we do see each other it's maybe almost uncomfortable just because there's not there's not a lot rooting there and and it was um it was just really interesting and, and carrie felt the same way you know and, and it's not like carrie was super close to matt or spencer you know she spent a lot of time with with uh, their daughter um you know when we were young but all three of them it just felt like um it's it just really like this really kind of emotional experience and part of me thinks what what is interesting is you know when we went to their you look at the crowd, it's all of the parents' friends. And there weren't a ton of people that were the children's friends because they're going to see the dad, right? They're going to pay their respect to the dad and to and to the parent. Um, and so it was kind of this unique experience where we were there really to see them. And um, and so it was, it was just really nice to catch up. Obviously, it was a, a sad circumstance. Um, but just a, a unique experience of like, yeah, there are some relationships and it, it highlights to me, you know, they're for a lot of people, they are, there's really, they're just in our lives for a season. Um, but they have a really huge impact on life, even though they're not around, you still reference them a ton in your life. And, um, and they just are important, even though you don't keep up with them, they still are important to you. Um, and so I guess it's kind of like, it stays with you. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and I, I'd say that they are the family that does that because like, uh, Carrie and I were saying like, we reference them all the time yeah. growing up, you know, they were, they're in a lot of the early stories of, of life. Yeah. Um, so, but then, so something that came up though, while, while talking about that, that really kind of where I want to go that I think is interesting is so our brother Ryan um, was saying that he had caught up with with uh, Spencer, the older brother there, about a year ago. They were at some event where they were both there, and they were talking about Spencer's dad and how when he was in when Spencer was in high school, uh, they didn't always get along, and Spencer was making decisions that uh, his dad didn't agree with, and and uh, they had kind of had a falling out, and he was mentioning those like. He was saying to our brother, like, as I get older, though, I see 
I can kind of empathize with him a little more. Um, you know, when, when he was my age at that time, like when he was in 1819 or whatever, he was, he was at war. Like he was in Vietnam, you know, flying, flying these planes and actually at combat. And so he had a really hard time, um, understanding me as this, you know, Gen X kid who's kind of going out and doing whatever at, at, at age 18 and 19. And now he can kind of see, he can empathize a little more with his dad now that he's a little older. And I think about that. I hear people say that a lot where, you know, as they, as they mature and they get older, things that they couldn't understand, um, whether it's with parents or whoever they now understand a little better. Like for example, <clears throat> Jamie, my, my wife and I were talking yesterday and I think she'd be okay with me sharing this, but like, her, her biological father, um, he wasn't around growing up. Um, he, uh, in fact, he gave up parental rights. He had some, some demons we could say, ended up going to prison, gave up his parental rights, um, to now her, what would be her stepdad who, who adopted her. Right. And the person I consider my father-in-law is her stepdad. And, um, he was gone for a good stretch of, of her life. Uh, showed up at her graduation. She was able to catch up with them and then kind of gone again. Like he didn't come to our wedding. Um, he just wasn't around. And then in more recent years, uh, she was able to connect with him. He ended up getting um, cancer and, and died. But like on his deathbed in those years leading up to that, she was able to kind of like reconnect. And one of the things she had says now, like if you talk to her is, is even though she doesn't agree with, like the decisions he made and there's maybe still a little bit of bad blood there or some frustration. She can understand it more. Like she, she can in many ways empathize with why he gave up his parental rights, why he exited. Cause you know, he maybe wasn't always fit to be a parent. And, and so I, I've been trying to like think in my brain of scenarios as I get older, where I'm a little more empathetic <laughs> and I'm, I sure hope, I sure hope that there are scenarios that, um, as I've matured, I, I understand better than I did in the past or that I'm more empathetic towards in the past, but I'm really having a hard time racking my brain. And in some ways I feel like there are certain things that I understand less. And so I'm, I'm curious as you've gotten older, do you find that there's things that you're like, you know what, maybe in my younger angstier years, I was frustrated about this, but now I kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Doug. Come, come heavy. <laughs> the sun's been out for the first time in a week, and you want to come heavy. <laughs> uh, I'm just telling you, man, it's January over here. I was just whacking weeds. <laughs> and I, I went to a funeral last week. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm sure... I. I'm, I almost feel more angstier. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. Although I understand, I understand the bigger picture and I understand why things are happening. Mm -hmm. um, I, but I almost feel like more defiant than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like See, I was a pretty defiant teenager, I think. Yeah, sure. And I mean, like I would say I'm even more so now. But I've, but I've found ways that I just don't. It's just quieter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. it's like 
it's just it's like the end of uh, SLC Punk where he goes to become an attorney to work work from inside the system. Yeah. It's like he's, now I understand. I'm, I'm angstier than ever, but I understand that you have to kind of speak that language for a minute, like put that ego down, and and get into the middle of it and break it up from the inside. Yeah, be sense. subversive within, kind of thing. Right. Not like I'm doing anything sinister. Just like little things in life. <laughs> anything in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm racking my brain on that. And I mean, like I was saying, I I hope I hope that as I've matured, I'm like understanding things better and, and, and again being more empathetic. But there are certain things, something that's and again, we don't need to get into dad a ton or anything. But like, I I'm at I'm roughly at the age dad was when he left. You know, I'm like around that age. And my son, my oldest son, is roughly the age that you were, you know, his oldest son when, when he left. And I, I, I try to imagine being that in that situation and just like going and just leaving. And, and I would say the opposite has occurred for me where I, I, I would say I understand that even less than I did when I was younger. Cause when I was younger, I, I think I was maybe, and, and I'll, I'll, to be clear, like, I, I don't have, I, I really don't have ill will toward dad. Like I don't, I, and then part of that's just because it's like he wasn't around and I, I don't know life with him. And you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I just haven't had time to really, you, you are who you are because he left though. Like you wouldn't that's be that. And so it's totally. like, that's the, that's the, where I've come to it. Like I think back to if had he stayed, what would have been my, my, the trajectory of my life. And I don't like that person. Yeah. I don't like the person that he would have raised. Right. Um, I I was having this thought the other day and I was always, I was wondering where I was going to be able to fit this in. Uh What are, what are, do you ever think, look into like numerology? Uh Uh-uh. All right. So I don't either, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I have this, I was in the shower. I had this shower thought where these numbers were completely making sense to me. Yeah. And I was thinking about when he left mm-hmm. and his age, mm-hmm. and like, what? How old? How old do you think he was? Oh man, I'd have to do math on that one. I I would guess that he was, I don't know, maybe thirty five, thirty seven. I don't so know. Thirty five, thirty seven. I can actually give you the exact number. Uh, See, that's the thing. I, to be honest, I don't even know how old he is. <laughs> I just, I just don't I don't know, but I know I know mom was was like in her mid thirties. All right, so he was like thirty eight. Okay, yeah. So if you add together the numbers three and eight, mm-hmm. you get what eleven? Eleven. Yeah. So that's actually and then you go down even more. That's a two. So like yeah. when you're in your thirties. I, I just was just getting these thoughts where you're in your 30s. It's almost like so. If you think of life as one through ten, mm-hmm. and and like each ten years is a cycle. I mean, it's a decade. Each decade of yeah. your life is a different cycle as you go yeah. one through ten. Yeah, but there's so, a different vibe. Yeah, like we, like that's a, that's a new beginning. You know, when you're at like a one or a two, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the new beginning. And there's just this thing that comes in all of us. I mean, I did it too. Like I was 32 years old. And I was like at this midpoint in my life at a three plus two is a five. And it's like something had to change. And like, Mm -hmm. there's this thing in your thirties where 
you just have this urge to like start something new, especially the later into your thirties you get. And this isn't, of course it was a shower thought, so it's completely. (laughs) (laughs) Go with it, man. But, but it's also like skipping a generation. You know what I mean? Where you've got his grandfather did the same thing to his father. Yeah. When his father was three, his father disappeared you know mm-hmm. and then he so he goes the opposite you know right. and he's like this overbearing father mm-hmm. so then our dad is at that skip generation where he splits and then we're out the offspring that are overbearing fathers yeah. you yeah. know yeah. so it's your kid you got to worry about that yeah. he doesn't bounce on his family I, well i i definitely it's... think there yeah there's there's a lot of trends with people if they haven't had a father. I mean, it goes the other way. Sometimes like that's just what you know, so you're not around, right? But I I would say there's definitely a trend of people where their father is gone that they're maybe a little overconnected. You know what I mean? I I think that's a common a common thing. Um. So I, I wouldn't doubt that. At I all. I mean, and I spent a lot of years pissed. Uh huh. Like. Like as old as you are, probably years pissed. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's just been this recent thing where it's like I, I don't take it personally. It's just yeah. that was his life that he was. You know what I mean? Like there was some mm-hmm. call in him. I almost like feel like like it, when when you look into our our genealogy and you look into mm-hmm. our past on that side of the family, that's just what happens. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like this urge to bounce on your family. Mm-hmm. And it seems to almost like skip generations. If you go back on the Hammerschmidt side, you don't get very far, right? Because they, they they bounced. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't get very far. But you go on even on the the other side, which is also this very heavy German family. They, it was like this every other thing, and so I, you can't blame him. It's almost like he was just playing the role. Of, so of D, the DNA was calling. So you would almost say that maybe you, as you did. You do kind of yes. It doesn't that doesn't make me less angsty. It doesn't make me think it was was less right or you know more right or it doesn't make me like less pissed. But I understand more why it's happening. And I mean, I'm 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 not so much pissed off that it happened to me, just as that like it's allowed to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I think your experience and my experience were different in that. You know what I mean? Just because I got saying. I really don't remember life with him. I really don't. Um, And so it's like, and so to me, some of those, those angsty feelings and, and and I I haven't felt super angst, right? Like, um, but those have come more in recent years where it's like, as I experienced life with my own family going like, what the hell? Like where, like, why, why, why didn't he stick around for this? You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like a standard divorce where, um, like you divorce, but you still kind of are, you're in the picture. Like he was gone and like gone, you know what I mean? And just not around. Um, um, I, I mean, I've seen uncles more than I've spent time right. with dad. Well, and the part you know that, what I mean? The part that hurts is that he was like 10 with another away. Yeah. With another family, you know? Um, and so that, I mean, so I don't know. I, and, and maybe it's just unique to our, our experience. Um, but I would say I almost understand that less as I get older. But, but I mean, almost if you think about it, think about it more about of what he missed out on and, yeah. and how, how sad that is for him. 
You know what I mean? And then well, you kind of feel, you can almost feel like his guilt that even though he doesn't know how to do anything about it and he doesn't, right. he won't fix it. I actually right. don't know that it's fixable. You know? Right. But, I, but you still have to imagine the, like the sadness that he lives with. I do. And that's where, that's where, like I was saying, I don't, I don't harbor any ill will toward him. I really don't. Because I, what, what I understand is I understand now why now it's hard, you know, cause I, I've often thought like, well, okay, so shit happened when we were young. Okay, great. You, you weren't around, but like, okay, let, we're, we're adults. Like, let's figure this out and spend time together. But I actually kind of get why he doesn't, you know what I mean? I just think, I just think it's harder. I, and I think that guilt is, is a part of it. And then there's like this ever present, like, Hey, why did you leave? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just always like, it's, it's just in the ether. It's always around it. And so I think that like, I strangely understand why we still don't see him a ton. You know what I mean? That I, I actually understand more. Um, and I'm even slightly empathetic toward, um, just because we've all kind of had our lives and like our lives are what they are. And, um, I don't know. It's, it is kind of a little bit like if it's, if it's not broke, why, you know, why fix it? Well, I've been uh, actually pretty happy with like who I turned out to be. Yeah. I'm actually just a, a less successful version of who I should <laughs> have been. And I've kind of actually like adopted the parenting style, you know, of like, mm-hmm. of like giving them space yeah. and letting them live their life. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a safety net of like, you get the phone, like my two girls that have left home, I talk to them once every couple of weeks, you know, I it's not yeah. like, like, but they, it's usually when they need something yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just, or, you know, with Megan, it's when she usually when she's having a bad day, but, yeah. but, but it's like there, we don't, I don't, I like they're living their life. And I feel like the fact that I had nobody like pressuring me, mm-hmm. that's why I say like I, how I don't like who I would have become. There would have been, even though he, in his head clearly wasn't LDS mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been what would have been programmed into my head by a father programming it and who didn't really believe in it, you know, and, and I, that's yeah. just a fucked up yeah. person to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I'm glad I'm not that I'm glad I was able to like every, who I am is like, like nobody made any choices for me. I made a lot of right. bad choices, but I made them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I kind of let, let them, do that and they're making really great choices um, probably because they're reflecting on my life and not <laughs> wanting to be like me but they're all like like they're all, just, all the opposite of me they're all really doing really great in school they're all like taking care of their shit you know and <laughs> they're all like these really successful well-spoken articulate people you know yeah yeah who get straight a's that's like who are I, my teenage kid, I can't even get to stay home a day from school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah. man, just stay home. Well, and I, I think some of that might be, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, and again, we've, we're not super far apart in age, but far enough apart in age where I think our experiences were just different. Yeah. And, um, you know, like by the time I was in high school, um, mom was still dealing with some stuff, but like things had settled down. Like by the time I was in high school, it was really pretty calm. Whereas I think when you were in high school, like mom was going through all sorts of shit and there was family turmoil. And you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, those are probably some of the crazier years. And, um, but by the time I was in high school, it was really pretty calm. And, um, I think I had, 
I, I had really a whole lot of freedom. The only area where I ever felt, um, where I ever felt a lot of pressure was with religion. That was like the one area where I, I definitely felt the heat. Um, if you know, whether it was to go on a mission or whatever. And, um, but outside of that, I really felt like, um, I was given a lot of freedom and I sometimes think that's a little inherent in all of us. Um, and maybe even our parents, because, um, you know, I, I work with parents a lot and there are, you know, the, the helicopter parents. And I don't know that we see that incredibly, um, or we see that very often with really any of us. Um, and I'm sure it has to do with the way we all kind of had our, we all pretty much had our freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, in, in some ways I think that was, yeah, never had to sneak out of the house. No, never. I always just never. walk out the front door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and would often come home at, with the way late hours of the night and nobody even knew you were gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, but anyway, so those are just some of my thoughts this week. Um, a little heavy, a little, little, uh, reflective, but just curious on some of those things and what your experience is um, yeah. on some of that. I don't know. It's just, I just, it's, uh, we're just at that age where people are going to start, where people are dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've also noticed, have you you noticed like the, this, like, have you been feeling anxious lately? Have you been? Uh, yeah, I always feel anxious. (laughs) So yes. I, I, the other night I woke up like three in the morning thinking I was having a heart attack. Uh-huh. You know, I was this pressure in my chest and I breathe through it and, and it's like, I'm fine. And then like the next day I'm like, I think I just had a really bad anxiety attack last night. And then, uh-huh. and then I'm listening to uh, Soraya, the Great's last episode. And she's talking about the exact same thing. How it, like in her twenties, she feels like she's having a heart attack like, yeah. last week. Like that's probably the same time I was. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's, I'm coming, it's coming through. I'm listening today. I'm outside working in the yard and I'm listening to the song and it's talking about, feeling like he's got so much anxiety you feel like he's going to have a heart attack <laughs> i'm just like yeah. man it's like everyone i've talked to and then i'm at work and someone's telling me man i've had so much anxiety i feel like i'm having a heart attack like it's like this feeling going around right now mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just around here but it's like something i've noticed like everyone i've talked to has been experiencing it including myself yeah um well i have i have felt anxious and i have had the fluttering in the chest um but again, I, I don't know that that's super unique for me. I, I that ebbs and flows. Um, it's just something I kind of deal with on a consistent basis, just sometimes more than others. But, but yeah, it's been probably a little more than than normal lately. I don't um, know if it's just this big old full moon that everyone's talking about an eclipse. I was just talking to Holly last night, saying how I just I can't understand how all that has effect. But <laughs> I yeah. realize that it does. It changes the tides, you know. Yeah, in some way or another. Yeah. And, uh, or if it's just like the state of the world (laughs) right now, I don't know. It's a weird, it's been a weird week. It has been for sure. Did you see this thing on, uh, I mean, I saw it on Twitter, Uh um, Nathan Phillips, these kids that surrounded him. I only saw I only saw little bits and pieces on Twitter. I haven't actually seen the, the full details. So 
let me tell you the way it unfolded, the story unfolded to me. Yeah. And this is the way I think that the story is unfolding with most stories. Uh huh. And maybe that's why like everything's coming this way, and it's like you never know what what's happening, and all these half stories and people who are still, I don't know, people who are, I don't know, so. I see this thing on Twitter, and it's just the one perspective of these little shithead kids and maga hats surrounding this guy. Yeah. And mocking him, and the mm-hmm. one kid right in his face, and just like was just wanted to. I'm like, how is that guy keeping his cool, man? I would be, I would pop that kid in the face. Yeah. I'd have popped him right. I wanted to go there and do it for him, you know. I wanted mm-hmm. to reach into my phone and like pop that kid in the face, for, yeah. for just for that smug look. And then, so so there's this outrage about this, and mm-hmm. then you get this other side, mostly like their parents and saying that there were these black people, black Muslims that mm-hmm. were there that were taunting them first, mm-hmm. and they were calling them crackers and telling them they were school shooters <laughs> or something like that. And for some reason that justified and, and that they were reacting to those guys and not Nathan Phillips. Uh-huh. And so this morning I see this other, an even another side, which is the actually they weren't black Muslims. They were black Israelites, which is mm-hmm. that's who they were with. And it's just that these four guys that are standing there, and I'm sure they're there at the Lincoln Memorial in that big park every day. It's basically mm-hmm. like a st- street preacher, you know. He's out there mm-hmm. just, just like you would see with like all of these street preachers, like you know, sir, repent or you're going to hell type of stuff. Yeah. And so he's he's kind of just like attacking everybody walking by. Mm-hmm. And so here come a couple of these kids, and then I'm sure in their little Kentucky world, that where they're the the majority. They, there's no, there's probably like one black kid in their school. Yeah. There's, they have no problem smartassing the black kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they kind of like smartass shit back. Where the appropriate thing to do there would have been to ignore the street preacher. Yeah, and just keep going. <laughs> and just keep walking past. But they have to stop. And mm-hmm. so the, there's this hour and a half long video of this whole thing through the street preacher's point of view. Of of how these and I mean and he and the street preachers guy he is he does say him he calls him a cracker says you're going to be a yeah. school shooter so this Native American it's like indigenous they're there for this tribe indigenous peoples uh, parade or something celebration mm-hmm. he comes in the middle of them to try to like separate before it turns into violence uh-huh. and all of these kids suddenly turn from these other these four guys to just surrounding this guy and completely mocking him mm-hmm. okay now the, the the black israelites were in the wrong the kids were in the wrong mm-hmm. but like both of them were but they're both using each other's sides to justify why they did what they did yeah you know? and i guess I'm, I'm looking at this kid that's in this guy's face <laughs> and i'm like this guy is like a byu fan to me <laughs> And when you're from Utah, there's two types of people. There's Utah <laughs> University of Utah fans and Brigham Young University fans. And the thing I, I love most of anything is watching BYU lose. Not because of the BYU teams, but I hate BYU fans. <laughs> smug look on their face. <laughs> and I'm sure they think that the same of us. But he's standing there with that smug look on his face. Like, you can't do anything to me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and had the tables been reversed, had a Native American kid been standing that close in the face of a white man, at the very best he would have been arrested, and at the worst he would have been like tased or shot. Yeah, yeah. So there's just all these different sides, 
and everybody's using the other side for their own terrible behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with that. I think that's just like, but then you, you just see this. So the story progresses where you see the one side and then you see the other side and then you actually see the actual video and it's like, you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it gets so confusing and convoluted that like when you can actually see the truth and then you see the truth get buried, it gets frustrating. Well, and that's why I think like it's really in when we are being active, I guess, like being um, kind of, I don't know, I guess being activists for the causes we believe in. It really is why I guess it's important to to try to like be your best there's that argument i can't remember how it's worded but it's like don't compare like when you're comparing sides don't compare your best against their worst you know like that's and i I think that's really really wise advice because i mean we all we're all guilty of that to a certain degree of of we see the the negative side of somebody else and um we we want to like jump on that and and um, kind of look, look how horrible they are and all those kind of things. Um, yet often ignore, um, kind of ignore our own, our own shit, you know what I mean? And ignore our own, um, faults. And, um, I, I mean, this is kind of like case in point, right? Where, um, sometimes, sometimes there's, you know, we can all kind of look inward and say, how can we, how can we, uh, respond to that better? Um, and, and I, and, you know, and I still have my own biases. I still think that, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't always think it's even, you know what I mean? Right now, right now, I, I, uh, still think that some of the, the garbage is, is flowing a little more from, <laughs> from yeah. one side than, than it is on the I'm, other. I'm but. looking at these kids and I'm thinking I would be so embarrassed if that was my kid. Totally. And then I'm thinking the thing is, is that kid's parents aren't embarrassed that in fact that kid's parents are blaming yeah. these right. other people for their kids bad behavior right and and that's why then there's just like there's this anxiety it's like oh yeah and it's it's stressful it's, it's stressful like, no that's not it like just say you were wrong and say you're sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and, and and it just you know to me it's discouraging to me and i, I don't know what to what to think of it but it's and, and again, I, I, I'm willfully admitting that I um, have only seen just little bits and pieces on, on Twitter. But I don't know. Did you see uh, Donald Trump's tweet in reaction to Elizabeth Warren announcing um, that she was going to potentially seek to like announce that she's she's running for 2020? And he made some comment like, had she worn a headdress or whatever? I can't, I can't remember how he worded it, but. Like, I've talked to some people who, what they appreciate about Donald Trump is that he, that he kind of speaks. He's not he's not willing to like pull punches, and he'll kind of um, uh, even be derogatory sometimes, and, and and is willing to fight and willing to argue, and um, and to me it, it just discourages me because I I'm more. I can handle that type of behavior from our entertainers. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I hope that our athletes, our musicians, our actors, our whoever are are going to our reality TV stars, whoever they are, are um, they're going to be on their best behavior. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're entertainers, and and um, 
I don't think they're held to the same standard as say like our political leaders. And so it's just been kind of discouraging to me. So you can, you have this story coupled with um, kind of this uh, president calling people Pocahontas and poking fun at Elizabeth Warren for saying she has Native American heritage and all this stuff. And it's almost using kind of like this um, uh, Native American as this, as this jab. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just discouraging to me. I guess where it's going is you have the other side who could be taking this as a moment to be human. Just instead look like robots. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. This world yeah. we live in. And seizing every opportunity, yeah. Well. It's crazy. I don't know that I want to end with that, but I don't know where else to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some glass half full shit we could end with. Yeah, there's got to be a silver lining somewhere. Um, hey, do you know where the word silver lining came from, or that phrase, the idiom? Um, do you? Well, I, I looked it up, actually. Oh, well, this, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that I Way know to make because... me look like an idiot. <laughs> In front of everybody. No, I don't. Doug. <laughs> well, it, it makes you feel any better. I don't, after looking it up, I'm still not sure I know. I thought for sure it was some, some scenario where like you have this case that's really beat up, but hey, it still has value because there's this silver lining. But it really comes from some book or some writing from the 1600s about a gray cloud with a silver lining which does not make sense to me but the um, with the silver lining yeah well, so what does that mean it doesn't make sense to me it's, i mean i'm sure that i'm showing I my think it means but... the, i think it means like with the sun finally coming through the edges right oh okay okay every, every cloud has a silver lining oh see that makes that's a little the, more that's sense the phrase every cloud has a silver lining so you do know i guess i do <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. I guess there's a silver lining to everything. There is, uh, sometimes. But well, uh, I don't know. It seems like everything that happens is. I was I was listening to something uh, with the, the person who did. Uh, oh, I was listening to a thing with Jason Bateman talking about Ozarks. Uh-huh. Or Ozark. That show. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about how they kill off like 17 people in the first season or something. And like, uh-huh. like you can't be afraid to kill off a main character. Right. Because you've got these this, this leader and in the traditional storytelling Hollywood stuff, it's like this guy will get you to the end. But yeah. when all of a sudden he's gone or she's gone, the now what ends. are these people yeah. going to do yeah. without that person there to lead them? And that's like almost the, is the more interesting story than the person. So there, it's it's like that. It's like every time you think there's some catastrophe or my major setback, it's really just okay. Well, now let's see what we can do. Yeah. Next. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's uh, so, sometimes that I guess that is the silver lining is like life goes on. You know what I mean? Like shit can happen, but like life goes on, and and uh, sometimes we just got to pick it up and. Keep going. Not sometimes. Always. Always. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Well, I guess not always. You don't have to. No, you don't. You can stay stuck. You can. All right, man. Well, I think that was pretty good. That's that was a, a good silver lining to the to yeah. a, a episode that started with death. <laughs> it did. It did. Did In you get January everything out you needed so. to talk about? Are you feeling purged? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel pretty good. Good. 
going off a pretty good. You happy? Yeah. I think I am. Good. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll do this next week. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you All later. All right. Sounds good.